Hello, and welcome to Seroptimus International Voices, where we give a global voice to women and girls. SI Voices is a space where women's stories and issues are heard as we celebrate 100 years of our remarkable organization. We will reveal and rediscover the history of our global movement while educating and informing on many of the key challenges affecting women and girls today. Hi, I'm Dawn Marie Lemons. I'm a seroptimist and I live in Tustin, California. I'm really pleased today to have my friend and past international president, Marit Verhoof Cohen, as our guest to address the very important issue of water, women, and leadership. Now, I have to admit that I had not really understood the breadth of the issue of water until I met Marit, and she's really educated and inspired so many of us about the intersection of water with almost every issue facing our planet. Today, we're going to touch on the topic of water and how they particularly impact women. I'm convinced that the issue of water will become even more personal to each of you when you hear Marit tell some of her stories. Now, Marit, before we jump into the water, so to speak, tell us a bit about yourself and what led you to become a seroptimist. Okay, Dawn, thank you very much for this wonderful introduction. And when moving to the Netherlands, I was asked to join SI Club Zwolle. And I was, and still am, uh, a strong believer and advocate in, uh, in empowering women in, in gender equality. And I felt women needed to have a voice. I always said that. They needed to be heard to make decisions. And I felt that the Sroptimus organization had those, those same goals. So um, what more did I want? I, I just joined and I'm still a member, I think now for about 25 years. Now, of all the topics, really, there's so many topics impacting women that you could have chosen as a focus of your Seroptimus leadership. What led you to the topic of water? Uh, well, first of all, I live in the Netherlands. I've got the, the Dutch uh, nationality. Netherlands is a low country. The lowest point in our country is seven meters below uh, sea level. And half of the Netherlands, uh, which is 70 million inhabitants, live alongside the, uh, the coastline uh, or in regions that are below that sea level. For centuries, uh, my country has been artificially held together by dikes, pumps and polders and uh, sea levels that are now rising uh, on an average of three millimeters per year, uh, risk overwhelming our uh, water defense. If this happens, it is estimated that 60% of our country could be flooded. So when I became SIE Federation President, um, that was very easy to choose a theme. So SI Europe... Um, at the time had 68 countries in Western Europe, Eastern Europe and Africa. So there were issues with water in all of these countries. Too much water, polluted water, water scarcity, drought. So it was easy, an easy decision for me to, uh, to get all these members involved. I had to choose Sroptimus go for water. We are fighting to get gender equality, to get women into the water sector, but it's still, the water sector is still 
uh, a male-dominated sector. And there's a deep connection between women and water. And we know that women are disproportionately affected by water and climate change with a devastating impact. We know the role of women as uh, key water users. Uh, what we need to emphasize is that water is pivotal to the women's empowerment, that water enables women. Uh, we know that women have water knowledge, that they are water experts. And we also know that women are not invited at the decision-making table, at the designing table. They don't get the jobs. And that has to change, as it is both sensible and effective to include and to ensure that women participate at decision-making levels. Marie, you just led perfectly right into the next question I was going to ask you because that really is a different twist on water projects than Seroptimus had taken on before. Before, some of our very earliest projects were wells and sanitation, and they were really successful and important projects. But your emphasis on women, water, and leadership added some new direction. And, and I really want you to describe a little bit about what you, we did in each of the countries that we worked in and what that focus, that leadership focus was. Yes, well, thank you for that question. Um, the most important aim of the SI President's Appeal projects in general was for the women to rise out of poverty with Sustainable Development Goal 4, 5 and 6 taking center stage focus. I will come back to what sustainable development goals mean. But in Kenya, we supported the Mahoko Women Group, enhancing access to education for girls, which is four, which is SDG four, better education, uh, for better school attendance and performance. So access to clean drinking water and sanitation, uh, sanitation is toilets, very simple hygiene, preventing water-related diseases and contributing to a more sustainable environment. So we gave the women vocational training in farming methods, which improved their yields tremendously. I mean, they had so much uh, yield that they could sell it. Most women are now, after our project, economically independent. And the whole school community, the household, the women, the municipalities all benefit from clean water facilities and, of course, the experience of the women. You know, I, I just want to interject, Marie, that when you told that story about the women in Kenya and the project that we did, one of the little images in my mind that was so sweet was these girls that came from a village for education to a university. And here they were, village girls in a university having a shower with running water and having food prepared for them. And then to top it all, education that improved the, the uh, yield so tremendously because of the skills that were taught. They, they were absolutely thrilled. And you know, the main thing was uh, they were respected. They were seen as experts and 
as, as people who could actually add to the knowledge of the students and the university uh, uh, professors. So it was really great. And in a way, if you look at Bulgaria, also in Bulgaria, we empowered women through vocational training. They didn't even know that they had rights. So water, sanitation and health was very important for them because this was all in the rural areas, the awareness raising and capacity building programs that were implemented in our our projects uh, to support women to discuss local needs in depth that was amazing they it opened their eyes and skills training opened doors to jobs and career opportunities they don't have and with this we watch as we called it awareness increased and the valuable role of the women as experts and leaders in water sanitation and food security programs really increase that was amazing we managed to educate these women and they are now plumbers uh, women bricklayers and and they don't see them as uh, these jobs as as male jobs anymore uh, so yeah um, i really love bulgaria as well because same thing we we the women got so enthusiastic and and worked hard and 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 are sort of slowly getting uh, economically independent which is tremendous uh, successful did you want to tell us a little bit about the malaysia project but even there's another example of a non-traditional field that women learned about and then through learning contributed to society there Yes, because Malaysia, we had the main objective again was to bring clean water to two communities and improve the health and uh, the well-being of the villages. And uh, we wanted to preserve uh, biodiversity by sustainable organic farming, and that was done. The women really worked hard. And secondly, uh, because of that, we already had a project in Malaysia and uh, we hooked on to that to upgrade the welding skills of five uh, Penang girls to become diploma level welders and to enable them to become welding inspectors and uh, train women in organic farming and skills. The girls succeeded with distinctions. It was, of course, welding is a male-dominated profession, and it was only the girls, not the boys, that got the distinction. So they were very proud of themselves. And um, so uh, we supported that project, and uh, at this moment they have super jobs in uh, Kuala Lumpur. The women were so enthusiastic and, and everyone helped. And uh, in the beginning, the first time we asked them questions, they constantly looked over my head to their husbands, like, am I allowed to answer that? And now you can see, they just answer and they say, no, 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 uh, we want it this way. And uh, we found out this is a better way. And, and they really, really, uh, they're empowered, full stop. Right. And that's the intent. Uh, one of the things that we've talked about is the byproduct almost of every project we've done through Seroptimus is women getting more personal respect and then also more respect from the, the areas they work, from their families, from their husbands. 
and in their communities. I, I know I'll never forget an experience I had in Bosnia where the head of the village told me how proud he was of the women and how much they contributed to the area. And that's called that's when partnership really can happen, when there's mutual respect. And going into that, um, you are the international president of Women for Water Partnership. And I know Soroptimists have been involved with them for a number of years with, with your connections, of course. Um, what are some of the key issues that you're working on right now with that organization? Uh, well, Women for Water Partnership still focuses uh, from the start on SDG 5, gender equality and the empowerment of women. And we link this SDG 5, the women, to SDG 6, which is water for all, for all purposes. So it's water and sanitation. Because without water, there's no life. But water is also uh, an easy entry point to empower these women to empower women full stop. I'm empowered through water. We look at the sex-segregated data, which is very a, a very complicated word, but it's really to see what are women involved in. Uh, we know we get results from often from men, but did these results, did women get involved? Not only are women, were they able to join meetings? If they were able to join meetings, were they also able to talk? If they were able to talk, were they also able to make a decision to vote? So if we have those uh, sexes aggregated data, then we can see how we make process. And that is really part of, of, of what we try to do. So making sure that there is water and sanitation for all people, for all purposes by 2030, uh, it, this will help to uh, future-proof global society against the many and the varied threats coming down the line. I mean, look at COVID, no water. How can you avoid COVID? So let's accelerate efforts. It's really needed. And Women for Water advocates for investing in water at the same time for investing in women. Because if you combine women and water, you will achieve eventually this SDG, uh, these, these, these two SDGs, uh, because they work together uh, at the same time. These SDGs are, are just not out of the air. They're there because without women being part of the partnership and part of the solution, we will continue to be in dire, dire situation. I mean, every one of us has been impacted by the pandemic and water has been such a crucial aspect, sanitation that we've all thought about. Just imagine, just imagine if you didn't have the easy access to sanitation that you have. And unfortunately, what two thirds of our planet doesn't, of our of the population doesn't, in the rural areas particularly. Well, and at the same time, every SDG is linked to water. I mean, and and all the all the the, the disasters happening are all water related. Even, I mean. Uh, 
your country had a lot of uh, fires, wildfires. I mean, how do you stop them without water? I mean, the the storms, the uh, tsunamis, the earthquakes, everything is water-related. So we really have to look at water at a wider aspect. I mean, not just wells, uh, but but uh, wastewater. We are now going to also women for water. We are working on a world water development report and supporting them, the UNESCO walk uh, on this on wastewater. Uh, up to now, we still think that ninety percent of all the used water is going back into the ground without not well, just not being uh, treated, and we use that. We use that water again, and so we're uh, we're really uh, suddenly stunned that things like Flint happen. It's it's all to do with wastewater. So water is is really is a huge huge thing. Well, I can't believe it. You've once again expanded my thoughts about water and how crucial it is, and how crucial it is that women are at the table in the decision-making, in the careers. So we're at the end of this podcast, unfortunately, and there's so much more that I know that we want to learn about and and contribute to this issue of water. Um, What are some actions that you think are really important for our listeners to take away today? Oh, well, there is a lot to do. And, And I mean, for me, my goal is to build back better. That is what the UN wants, build back better by ensuring water and sanitation for all, and then hopefully by 2030. And uh, Women for Water will take action. Uh, I will take action. We as optimists, we as people who are uh, interested in water, on, on whatever level we can work out. Uh, and, and I would say, please join me in end of August in the Stockholm Water Week, where we have a session. It's called Women, Water, Climate, Tackling the Challenges, and we will publicize it. Everyone is able to register. Everyone is able to join and come up with questions. Come up and, and ask us questions, what everyone can do, because that is what we want to achieve, to have an interactive discussion with the whole world. So I think that is maybe a takeaway. Absolutely. You know, I will never forget uh, going to the Philippines and being allowed to launch a potable drinking water station for the first time this village had ever had it. And um, it still makes me tear up about it because it was so precious and dear and important. But one of the elders said, having water is being human. And fresh water made in human, they could bathe, they could be refreshed, they could not spend their whole day chasing down water, they could actually do enterprises and work. So, Marie, you've brought so many different ideas to us and and some solutions and some needs. And I really, really appreciate you being here today. Um, I hope we all start investigating in this and seeing what our part of the solution is. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thank you. It was fun. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for, for this opportunity. You've been listening to SI Voices, a podcast hosted by Seroptimist International, 
Follow us on social media for our latest news and updates at Seroptimus Global on Facebook and Instagram and at Seroptitweet on Twitter. You can also check out our website, seroptimusinternational.org. Please join us next time on SI Voices.